welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasirkal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again, and I know you'll be extra happy you're joining us today because guess what? We have a very special guest who is also a happiness coach. So welcome, Alex, and please jump right in and tell us more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk all things happiness. As you said, my name is Alex Colquitt. I am a life coach and happiness expert, and my focus is really on helping burnt out women achieve life work balance by really figuring out what meaningful light work looks like for them in support of their happiest, healthiest lifestyle. So it's taking the concept of work-life balance, but flipping it on its head so that the emphasis is on life and living a happy, full life, and then figuring out the career path or job path that then fits into your happiest lifestyle and supports your happiest life. Oh, I love that about your approach, Alex. And I think it's so wise. Uh, I know, you know, for me, my happiness and inner peace have always been among my deepest needs. And so like for me, it always made sense to lead my life from a place where I was like, okay, what's going to make me happy? What's going to allow me to have more inner peace and kind of go in that direction. And most of my life, like people called me all kinds of names uh, for like being strange and not... Uh, you know, focusing in terms of career and not taking my financial security seriously and, you know, all those kinds of criticisms uh, because people are just like, what are you doing with your life? And uh, eventually, you know, things got settled. Like I figured out my happiness. Yes. And now I'm also doing work that I love that makes me extra happy and you know everything settled down and so forth but um yeah there's just this like from my perspective things totally are upside down because it's like most of the world is focusing on other things and then hoping they will end up happy but i i mean that i i mean i see that as a problem like what what do you why why do you believe we need to turn things upside down yeah focus on happiness first yeah of course so 
unlike you, I ignored my inner guidance mm. for a very long time. And I did what I was told to do. I followed a very standard path to success, which you said, like society has its priorities wrong. Mm. I think we all fight really hard for a very successful career and the financial gain that comes with that. And if you're making a lot of money, that means you're successful. But mm. we never really ask ourselves what the trade-off of that is. And I experienced that trade-off firsthand because I used to live and work in New York City, which is the mecca of hustle culture in the United States. And I was sacrificing my happiness on a regular basis in pursuit of this standard version of success, mm. right? And if you looked at my life from the outside in, I was living in New York. I had a really cool job in advertising. I was working with all these cool brands. I had a really cool title. I was making six figures. So I had this dream life. I was living from the outside looking in this dream perfect life that you would think would make me so happy. But at the end of the day, every single day, I would leave the office stressed out. I would cope with very negative mechanisms that made me more miserable. I would deprioritize any personal goal that I had because work consumed all of my life, all of my time. I would never set boundaries for myself and did what everybody else around me wanted me to do because that's what I thought I had to do. And after eight years of doing that, I was the most miserable I've ever been in my life. I didn't recognize myself physically, mentally, emotionally. And I got to a breaking point where I said, what is the point of all of this, right? And I think that's the first time I really did ask myself what I want out of life. Yeah. And at that point, I was, I was like, I just want to be happy because mm. I'm not happy every single day. More often than not, I'm miserable and that's no way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. And it's, I think, so sad that so many people have to get to that breaking point before they're able to really shift um, their thinking and their lifestyles or, or even feel like they have the permission to start yeah. thinking about what really makes me happy? What do I really want to do that will make me happy? Um, and some people it's like don't even ever get to experience that they just kind of uh, i mean it's i mean on the good side they don't ever get so miserable and hit things so bad that you know they're like um at that breaking point in some ways they're like able to manage and sort of get along but they're not really happy either. And so it's just kind of like being stuck in this kind of um, position where you're not depressed, but you're not happy. And you're just sort of like, you're just like getting along in this kind of, I mean, the word mediocrity keeps coming to my mind right now. I don't know if that's the, right word right now to use but it's like you don't have 
excellence you don't have passion you don't have you know like uh it's just life is just like going at this very somehow blah yeah kind of zone and that that is also like really sad yeah Mm. i feel i talk a lot with my clients about this and what it means to settle and what it means it's kind of like yeah like you said mediocrity this idea of this is good enough Mm. yes yeah right yes yes exactly it's like good enough good enough that that i think is a better better way to think about what we're actually settling for as opposed to the mediocrity idea Oh my gosh, good enough. Hmm. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? book a free happiness 101 exploration call with me your happiness expert samia vano just use my online calendar link in the show notes now back to the show yeah and i feel like a lot of it comes back to this idea of worthiness right Mm -hmm. and am i worthy of being happy Am I worthy of getting off of this standard path of success and doing the opposite of everything that I've ever been taught my whole life and doing my own thing, right? Because the voice in your head starts to turn on and you're feeling imposter syndrome and Mm -hmm. the negative beliefs that you've been absorbing about yourself, about your situation for your whole life kick in and they're Mm -hmm. in overdrive trying to keep you safe within your comfort zone and within your box. But unless you're willing to get outside of that box and not settle for good enough, I think that's where true happiness comes in, right? Mm -hmm. You get to be your authentic self, pursue things in your life that are truly meaningful to you, regardless of what other people think about you or what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, what I've learned is that thanks to social media and just how people are, people are judging you no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So you might as well just do what makes you happy. Let them judge, right? And I think that judgment comes across from a personal insecurity of like, how are they doing that and I'm not, right? They don't have the courage. Yeah, and sometimes the judgment comes from a place of caring and worry for you also like I know for example I remember it so vividly uh, having this conversation with one of my uncles who is very much into following the 
societal formula for success or he was at that point in time certainly and at some point in our conversation he said Samia if you're not making at least six figures uh, in income you're wasting your life and and your potential and I was like no I don't I, I mean I don't see it that way <laughs> I don't see it that way like maybe I'll get around to making six figures maybe I won't but either way for me my happiness and my inner peace is the most important thing for me and luckily for me in that situation um like I don't know if I would have been able to stay my course in the face of all of this pressure that I was feeling if it wasn't for my amazing parents who have always stood behind me and they're like especially I, well both my mom and dad but I think in some ways my dad especially where you know he 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 was like yes I'm gonna do like and I think for my dad also like maybe it comes from his dad my grandfather who who you know he as far as long as I can remember he has always been teaching that you know truth is the most important value for us to live by you have mm-hmm. to be authentic you have to be true to yourself and do what's uh, what what is true and and follow like search for the truth and take where that search takes you regardless of of the opposition that you might face or if it makes um standard things that you're supposed to believe and you're like oh my gosh in my search and quest for truth i'm realizing that these things are false <laughs> and and that can be like really hard too because like especially in my indian pakistani culture like there's a sort of uh, we are much less individualistic than in american culture you know we are a lot more what's the word uh not individualistic like group harmony and yeah like community oriented community oriented you know these are huge values and so yeah to to follow a path that takes you in a direction different from from what society advocates for it's like mm-hmm. a huge deal it's like a huge um deal um and and it's like you, you know like it's not something that you can do lightly or you know take for granted uh, the ability to to even be able to to do that like you know and so from that perspective i feel so blessed that i was born into the family that i was born in yeah i mean it really makes a huge difference the support system you have around you because mm-hmm. while i my parents again are extremely supportive of me but when i first told them i was leaving behind my corporate job that had this illusion of security and a consistent paycheck both of my parents told me i was crazy mm. 
they were shocked to start, which is interesting because I would call my mom crying once a week saying, I'm so stressed out. I'm so miserable. This isn't what I live for the weekends. I get so much anxiety on Sunday. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm slamming my snooze button until the very last second. Mm. I'm rushing into work, forcing myself to do stuff I don't want to do all day. Then I get home, I skip the gym because I'm too exhausted. I end up staying up late, trying to find time for myself to do the things that actually make me happy, which pushes back my bedtime, which then makes me get five hours of sleep. And then the whole circle or the whole cycle starts over again. Yeah. And I looked at my mom and I was like, I don't want that life for myself. myself. Mm. And I recognize both of my parents made themselves from nothing. They both came from immigrant parents. They both built up their careers because they grew up, I would say middle class, not needing things, but also not living a very lavish lifestyle, right? And I think both of them at the time had the mindset of, I want better for my family. So they chose to pursue that career path and pursue financial security to give me and my sisters the opportunity mm. to follow a different path. So it comes full circle in the sense that I am so grateful for everything that they did for our family and to give me all of the opportunities so I can now sit here at this mm -hmm. point and say, I don't want that same path for myself because I see what it did as far as stress in our family and what a beautiful gift that is to reflect and be so grateful for that, but then say, I actually don't want that for myself mm. and explore a new career, a new path, yeah. be my authentic self yes. and live happy every single day. Yes. Ah, oh, that is so true. That is so true. And you know, I, I think also times have changed in like yeah. across the world times have changed i mean like a, a few even a few decades ago what was possible uh was different in terms of how you could make money and um you know what you needed to be um doing in order to survive even mm -hmm. and now um especially living in in a first world country like the US I mean we have so many more opportunities um, that just didn't even exist a few decades ago in terms of the possibilities of how we can create different lifestyles and you know different um, lives for ourselves and so in some ways um you know, I, I also must say I feel really blessed to live in the times that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, because like you said, the opportunities are pretty endless for our generation. Yes. And we, I truly believe that happiness is a choice. Mm. You can choose how to wake up every day. You can choose your actions you take every day. You can choose your attitude and how you show up and how you react to things. And I think that is such a blessing yes. because we can then choose the direction we want to take our life and choose happiness. Yes. I love that. 
So talking about choosing happiness and choosing a life of happiness, I know one of the things you are really amazing at helping your clients with is holistic habits of happiness. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So oftentimes when we think about your health in general and well-being and overall wellness, I think we immediately assume diet and exercise. However, there are so many other aspects of well-being that contribute to you as a whole person, mm. right? So those are just physical health elements. I think when I talk about habits of happiness, it really leans into our emotional well-being, managing our stress, making sure we're getting enough sleep so that we can wake up with enough energy to take on the day, cultivating a positive mindset. So that's really what I mean by holistic health yes. um, and building habits of happiness into your daily routines alongside diet and exercise so that you're feeling good internally. You're giving off this energy of happiness externally mm. and it's also happiness is contagious. So when yes. you're feeling good about yourself and what's going on, you're more likely to spread that happiness with somebody next to you. I know. It, I love that. I love that about actually that's true for all of our emotions, you know, and um, if you're like feeling miserable, you're likely to spread the misery. If you're feeling yeah. happy, you're likely to spread that happiness around you and and so when it comes to being happy, I absolutely love that power to infect other people with my, with my happiness. I mean, if we are going to spread something, why not spread happiness? Exactly. And I think the simplest habit of happiness is an act of kindness. <sighs> And talk about contagious, right? I can and I can give you an example. My friend out of nowhere a couple weeks ago, I was in kind of like a weird mood, and out of nowhere, she just texted me and was like, Hey, I'm so grateful for our friendship. You mean the world to me. Our relationship truly brings me up, you lift me up, etc. And that simple text, act of kindness, right? It came out of nowhere. She was there was it wasn't a birthday. She we didn't have something planned to talk to each other, right? It just was she thought of me and she sent that message and it touched my heart. And then I took that message and I'm a spin instructor. And so in class that day, I said on the podium, everybody here, I'm grateful for you being here. I want you to go tell somebody you're grateful for them. And then the 20 people in my class, I'm hoping went out and spread that message to whoever they really care about. And then all of a sudden 20 people times all of the friends, right? That's 40 people yeah. in a day. Indeed. Indeed. Oh my gosh. There's so many, um, like amazing, uh, videos. Like, um, I've seen that, you know, help to, um, sort of illustrate this point of how, um, uh, and there's even like a movie or two that I'm remembering right now that play on this theme of, you know, somebody like does an act of kindness and then 
that that motivates the person who received the kindness to sort of pass it on to the next person and then that person is motivated to pass it on to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and it's just you know the idea at least in uh, Indian philosophy of karma you know that what goes around like what you yeah. sow is what you reap and so at some point that kindness that you did and then that set off that chain of other people engaging in in kind behaviors eventually somehow one way or the other and you might not realize it but it'll come back to you and create even more good for you and even more happiness for you yeah totally and i laugh about this th- thinking of this concept because when i was younger whenever for birthdays or occasions whenever we received gifts my mom always was adamant about writing thank you notes mm. and when i was a kid i didn't want to do it it felt like a chore i was annoyed that i had to do it right so by the time i was eligible to manage myself i stopped writing thank you notes which not great but now as an adult I write thank you notes to everybody on random days for doing absolutely nothing, right? Because right. I'm thinking of them in that moment. I will write them a note. And then how fun is it to get something in the mail from somebody you haven't heard from in a while or just to get acknowledgement yeah. and recognition. And again, that not only feels good for the sender, it feels good for the receiver. And it creates that ripple effect of kindness, which makes people happy. And it's such yeah. a simple act. Indeed, indeed. And you know, this makes me think about one very important lesson that I learned about choosing happiness is um, I think there are a lot of uh, practices that are common aspects of how we are taught to behave in our culture. And the 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 spirit behind them or the original intention with which these practices were created and taught was certainly good um but i think somehow we become disconnected mm-hmm. from from the that spirit and so then you're just doing those things like in a rote kind of way and you're not really connecting to the feeling and the spirit of that action like the beautiful example you gave of writing thank you notes mm-hmm. you know i mean if you truly feel that gratitude mm-hmm. when you're writing the the thank you it will give you a huge happiness boost for yourself mm-hmm. and it will uh contribute to the happiness of the person who receives that thank you from you as long as they're open to receiving that love mm-hmm. and appreciation so there's like so much about intention you know but if you're just doing these actions that in themselves are really good actions but you're not doing them with the right intentions mm-hmm. then even engaging in these good actions can either have little or no impact on you and you're like mm-hmm. oh thank you okay throw the card away next yeah or you know um that 
uh, like uh, you know and, and that or or that you know you're so closed off that you know you i remember this was uh i don't maybe i was in my late teens and i was still very traumatized at that point in time um and uh, i remember receiving a birthday card from one of my cousins that when we were young like we were inseparable like um we loved each other so much i was such uh i mean my cousins were my best friends i didn't even have friends outside of my cousins circle because there were just so many of us we were like such a big family and all of us we used to hang out together all the time but you know as uh well they moved and then my family moved and we sort of grew apart and i re- i remember i re- receiving this birthday card and and it said something beautiful and wonderful like you know um you you bring light into my life or something of that sort and in and and my reaction in my traumatized state at that moment was it's like this is this is a lie this is a lie there's no way this is true um because i'm miserable and traumatized and i'm in total darkness i'm i'm not bringing light to anyone mm-hmm. and i'm like why why is my cousin lying i i mean that was re- literally in my traumatized <laughs> brain and it just made me feel so depressed i was like why why is she why is she doing this ah oh, that was and i mean i uh, actually still have that card with me and um now when i look at it like decades later i'm like oh can't believe i had that reaction but it's like so true but again like for me that was such a vivid moment of recognizing that sometimes we are not in a state where we are able to receive the love and the happiness that someone may be trying to spread to us or infect us with uh, yeah and that's what makes us human beings mm-hmm. right i think it's really important to recognize toxic positivity mm. because that's running rampant in our culture everything's fine the house is on fire everything is fine type mm. of vibe but at the end of the day we're humans and without experiencing the low emotions and going through all of the ups and downs of life the happiness wouldn't be a thing right right happiness does not exist without sadness and the happy moments aren't as happy without recognizing and being grateful for the happiness knowing that we do have lows in our life yeah but it's the belief that you'll always come back from those things and building stress resilience to make sure that you're again resid this resilience comes from practicing habits of happiness every day and leaning into those moments of happiness and being really grateful for them when they're there to help combat the down and the sad and the full spectrum of emotions we feel as humans. Yes. I love that. 
So the idea of focusing on building the habits of happiness, because that actually creates that resilience. Mm -hmm. I am so with you on that. I think that is probably one of the biggest lessons I've also learned about if you are, if you're interested in really taking control of your health and happiness, you need to build the resilience. And the only way that comes is by having habits that support your goals of living a healthy, happy life. Yeah. And from a holistic standpoint, that care for your emotional needs, Mm. for your mindset, for things outside of just diet and exercise. And I think when we think about health and happiness, it's very much focused on diet and exercise. Whereas there's so much more to it. Yes. And it's interesting also, I think like in our culture, the emphasis that is there on like diet and exercise, like in itself, yes, of course we want to take care of our diet and we want to exercise. These are, as you said yourself, Alex, key components to having holistic habits of happiness because our mental and emotional health is so much connected to our physical uh, health and wellness as well. It's not like they're two separate things. So um, those things are connected. But I think, again, it's like the maybe some of the same thing that happens with things like we find thank you notes that are is happening with the diet and exercise is that we sort of disconnect from the spirit behind why we are striving for health and happiness in the I mean, sorry, for why we're why why diet and exercise is important in the first place and it's like the intention becomes okay you have to diet and exercise so you can look fit and thin and slim because that's what's valued in society and you get Mm -hmm. judged by that and it impacts your you know your dating life it impacts your work life in terms of the opportunities that people are are willing to give you and so forth. And so then your focus shifts to worrying about those things. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to dieting and exercise so that you can be healthy and through being more healthy, you know, cultivate more happiness. Yeah. 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 Like you said, it's all, there is a mind body connection. It's all and it. And they all support each other. Right. And when I was younger, I, like you said, I very much worked out and ate healthy because it's what I thought I had to do to look a certain way. And my whole relationship with myself and my health changed when I started working out and eating healthy as a way to fuel my mind. Because I was so stressed out in my career, I started working out to relieve that stress. And when I started paying attention to, wow, I feel so much better when I work out in the morning and then I can go to the office and deal with all this bullshit going on in a very productive way instead of letting it drive me crazy, 
that was my first clue into, okay, this is how I, I build stress resilience. This isn't actually about looking a certain way anymore. This is about feeling a certain way. Yeah. Feeling, and at the root of it, when you work out and eat healthy, that's building confidence, that you're building respect for yourself. Mm. You're building up your self-worth and your self-esteem. And yeah. when you focus on that outcome versus aesthetics, it'll allow you to show up for yourself more consistently. It'll allow you to be motivated to stick to those habits and build rock solid routines that keep you in a very stress resilient headspace, which then in turn makes you a happy person. So it all comes full circle. Everything is interconnected when it, when we talk about health and building your stress resilience is your number one defense against dealing with stress and misery and living a happy, holistic, healthy lifestyle. Yes. A question that just popped into my mind, Alex, is um, when you shifted focus, um, as you were just sharing from doing exercise for um, like, and, and you started doing exercise for from the perspective of how it makes you feel, Mm-hmm. Did you change anything about the actual exercise that you did or in the way that you actually exercised or was it just a mindset shift? Yeah. So the first, or I would say probably the biggest change is that instead of going to a big box gym and doing cardio for an hour, I found exercise and movement that I liked doing. So it was more of a celebration of my body and a release of my stress in my brain versus, okay, I have to go to the gym for an hour so I can walk on the treadmill for an hour so that I can burn X amount of calories so that I can earn the salad that I'm going to eat. It was very robotic. Yeah. And I was doing it for society. I wasn't doing it for myself. So I think the biggest shift not only was the mindset, but I fell in love with cycling and weightlifting. And I was like, oh my God, there's a whole world outside of cardio machines. What am I doing? And it became fun. I I crave going to a spin class because it's like a live concert, right? And I used to be a, a dancer when I was younger, a competitive dancer. So being on the bike with loud music playing and beats dropping, it's like a party. So I actually enjoyed the exercise I was doing and didn't feel like I had to be there. I was choosing to be there. Yes. And it was fun. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I know for me also that has been really important to, to like engage in exercise that is fun. I like, for example, I know for me, um, when I was, um, like someone was like, um, okay, try dancing class as a fun way to exercise. Actually, like for me, it stressed me out because they were, they were like a little too serious for me in the class. And, um, like I didn't have any um, passion or ambition to become a professional level kind of a dancer. And so the the 
the amount of work and and strictness that they were enforcing was like too much for me but i found this um uh teacher and she called herself a conscious movement teacher or coach and, and she didn't say she taught dance she just said she teaches conscious movement but when you go to her classes it was basically like she she had music on and most of her instruction was like move in any way you want however your body feels inspired to move and she would move in certain ways to sort of like uh, you could follow her movements if you felt inspired to do it or if you were feeling short on ideas of what kind of movements to try um but her message was always like no don't force your body into something that it doesn't like doing and like really pay attention to what postures you take that actually feel good to you versus which ones feels forced and i discovered like i didn't like forward bends so much there was just mm-hmm. something about being in a forward bend that i wouldn't be able to rationally explain to you that that i didn't like but i i just felt more joyful when i was like ah oh, stretching to my sides or you know twisting i loved twisting i discovered uh for some reason and you know so it was just such a different um different way of of experiencing movement and like over time you know she would change the pace of the music so sometimes you were moving like slower and sometimes you were moving faster and so to me it totally felt like i was dancing but in a way that like for my mindset and my uh needs it was like a way more joyful fun and easy way to do it yeah that sounds beautiful i love that yeah yeah so the lesson being that find a way to move and exercise that's joyful for you yeah and it doesn't have to be a dedicated workout like you said you could go to a conscious movement class i go for walks every single day to get up from my desk and get some fresh air even though it's really cold here um any little bit of movement really can help spark that mind body connection and give you the boost of endorphins you need to change your mood, reset your mind um and feel a little happiness. Yes. So um Alex a question you mentioned earlier that um you love helping women who are, you know, at that point of burnout. Mm-hmm. So for for women who are there um what's like um because i know when i have been sort of sometimes close to that point a thing that i can struggle with is motivation you yeah. know to do anything at all because you're like ah can't handle one more thing so how do you sort of begin to um help people to even begin to feel that spark of 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 motivation to do something to take care of themselves and start thinking about being more happy. Yeah, so 
I think it really starts with boundary setting mm. because there's this beautiful quote by Jim Quick, who is a brain coach. And he says, burnout, we are experiencing burnout, not because we're doing too much, mm. but because we're doing too little of what lights us up and what mm. actually makes us feel good. And the way to give yourself more space in your day is creating boundaries for yourself. And as an ex-people pleaser, I understand how hard this is because you don't want to disappoint anybody. You want to do all the things, but you have to remember the trade-offs, right? Is this saying yes to this, what does that mean I'm saying no to later? Mm -hmm. And so I think the place to start would just be recognizing what are the things on your to-do list that actually are negotiable that you don't need to be doing and then set that boundary for yourself mm. and say, hey, friend that I said I was going to go to brunch to on Saturday, that actually doesn't work for me anymore. I'm, And you don't need to explain why, but, yeah. but you just set the boundary for yourself and then you can use that time to do something that actually nourishes your soul mm. um and it's like you said it's hard to find that motivation when you are feeling so depleted but you don't need a ton of time yeah you could do something five minutes for yourself yeah and even if it's just one percent of your day if you do one percent every day for 30 days that's compound interest. So if you write down one thing you're grateful for, for 30 days, and then at the end of that 30 days, you look back and you read a list of 30 things of why your life is beautiful and why you can choose to be happy right now, that is mind-blowingly life-changing. Yeah. And it's such a simple act. So in conclusion, I'll wrap this all up, setting the boundary for yourself to make sure you're not putting yourself last and it's not, boundaries are not meant to be a two-way street. Boundaries are a one-way street. So if the person you're setting a boundary with or the activity you're setting a boundary with doesn't necessarily respect it or understand it, that's none of your business. Mm. You've got to do what's important for yourself. Disappointment is a part of life. So you might as well disappoint somebody else than disappoint yourself over and over again. Because every time you disappoint yourself, you lose respect for yourself. And that's where your confidence takes a hit. Your mm -hmm. self-esteem takes a hit. Those feelings of sadness, maybe anxiety and depression come in. And it's really hard to lean into the moments of happiness when you are in that cycle. That's so set the boundaries. Yeah. Set the boundaries for yourself. And five minutes makes a world of difference. Yeah. You don't need to do this two-hour gym excursion or sit down for three hours and paint, right? You could do something in five minutes. Yeah. Even if it's doing nothing, because like, especially yeah. people who are at that point of burnout, just doing nothing is a blessing. So just do nothing and be grateful that you get to do nothing. Yeah. And one of the best ways to trigger your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your calming nervous system, mm -hmm. is to take deep breaths, mm. reconnect with your breath. So yeah, sitting still for five minutes could be the most magical five minutes of your day. Yeah, Sitting there, just deep breathing in and out, giving your brain some fresh oxygen, triggering your parasympathetic nervous system, sending a sense of calm and relaxation over your body. 
will yeah. help you reset mm. and go back to what you were doing with a little bit more of a positive mindset and a better way to react to stuff. Yes. Oh gosh, Alex, you keep bringing up stuff that I want to keep following up on and we have to wrap up for today. We could talk forever. Yes. In fact, I would love it if you come back for a second episode because you know, when you were talking about being an ex people pleaser, oh my gosh, that's like a huge topic that like in itself, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm already having questions about that. Well, I'll come back anytime when I launch my podcast this year, you'll have to come on to mine. Awesome. Awesome. So happy to do that. Okay, so Alex, we will wrap up for now. Do you have any last words you'd like to share? Just remember that happiness is a choice. I think we oftentimes get wrapped up in feeling like happiness is out of our control, but it's not. You can do things every single day, little things, mind you, that don't take a lot of time to feel happiness every single day. Happiness is a choice. Yes, happiness is a choice. Thank you for that, Alex. And to our listeners, I just want to remind you, please check the show notes because we will be dropping Alex's links in the show notes so you can connect with her and uh, get some help and support from her to help you build holistic habits of happiness. And um, yeah, until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.